Hello and welcome to the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. This is episode 164 and I'm joined by Anton who is uh, well again. Indeed, it's um, quite fun, you know, got ill and then got rewarded with a pile of work that I hadn't done while not being ill. So uh, slightly tired, but here in all four limbs, which is more than I could say last week. (laughs) You lost your limbs? Where did oh, they, they go? They were useless. They were useless. <laughs> they were spaghetti. Wow. I mean, that is proper Octodad stuff. Um, Alistair, how are you today? I'm all right. I'm alive. I'm probably better than Anton. I mean, I'm going to admit to having a slightly scratchy throat. There's there's something brewing in here. So, you know, not 100% efficiency, but I'm alive. So I'm happy. Oh, this is like sort of the retirement version of the show today. But yes, oh, I'm... Your back's a bit sore. Do you want that oh. too? <laughs> Back in my day. Um, I, uh, I'm... You know, episode 164, the Medward special. We're doing good. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, that's concerning. Maybe one day we will do that. That's the worst part. Um, yes, I am absolutely fine. I'm looking forward to the show. And um, yeah, I think we've got quite a lot to get through. So I'm, I'm aware that I don't want to spend forever yapping before we do get started. But what I would like to do is find out if you've been playing anything this week. So I'm going to start uh, with Anton. Um, yeah, so I've done a little bit. I, I gave Stardew Valley another go. I ran around and destroyed a bunch of rocks with a pickaxe. But the highlight of this week, and I'm not familiar with the source material, I just picked it up and played it because it was a good game, was playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, completed it in two settings, and it's one of the best beat-em-ups I've ever played. It was very, very well done. Created by Dot EMU, the people that have also done Streets of Rage 4, which was another title I loved. And this is definitely a good improvement. It's a lot easier difficulty-wise, so that's probably um, lending to my more shining appraisal of it, but it's just charming. Uh, tons of people bopped up, which were probably really cool to see. Um, but overall, as like the story and the set pieces, it's just interesting, engaging, and especially near the end of the game, I was just having a blast. Alistair. Exciting. Well, I have played a little bit more of my Switch. I was down in Edinburgh on Friday night, so I took the Switch down and played a little bit more of As Far As The Eye, which I'm supposed to be reviewing, but I keep picking it up, playing it for about f- maybe half an hour, 40 minutes, putting it down, and just very slow, slowly making my way through the tutorial, frankly. It's it's a simple and yet very complicated game at the same time. Uh, and the only other gaming I had was when I was around at this bloke's house, uh, oh, some mate of mine, uh, Michael, something or other, uh, around at his on Saturday night, and we picked up and played a little bit of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shadows of Revenge. We played the first level and went, this is amazing, we're going to play it again! And then we haven't done anything about it yet. But, you know, at some point, this friend of mine, um, uh, Michael, I think I said his name was, uh, he and I are going to play a bit, probably online, uh, and we had a lot of fun with that game. I can concur that it was a lot of fun. I am uh, very excited to play through it properly. The first uh, level was excellent, and I am that, Michael. <laughs> yeah, I think you're taking the Michael. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that was uh, that was a lot of fun. We What else have I played this week? Uh, a little bit more of Kirby, which I'm working my way through and still really enjoying. And um, I think there was something else I did play uh, this week, but... It's gone right out of my head, so I'm sure it can't be that important. Probably and a lot of VR, probably. I, well, I was away last weekend, so I did take it and, and sort of 
had my brother-in-law and my sister and my other brother-in-law all having a go, which was hilarious. And a lot of videos and laughing were were taken. See, I was going to play some VR at Mike's, but we couldn't because there was toys everywhere. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'd broken my le- but I'd have broken my neck, frankly, so we decided not to do that. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it another time. Um, but yes, <laughs> absolutely. And um, once again, thank you for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. If you are uh, one of the people that subscribes, then again, huge appreciation for you too and if not then you can subscribe and uh, follow us and leave us a review if you like as well we always read them out but as well as that if you want to be a patreon and support us a bit more you can do that too it's nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us alistair people want to get in touch with you they can also uh message you they can you can use the good old-fashioned i guess these days email which to me is still a new thing but i'm ancient so uh you can send an electronic mail to podcast at nsukp.co.uk or you can go to our youtube channel where you can find a whole really cool videos and uh, anton is regularly churning out these videos between him and louise and very occasionally me there's a lot of content on there just head over to uh youtube and look up nintendo switch uk podcast anton where else can people find us uh, yeah, if there is anything that we've forgotten, the best place to go is nsukp.co.uk, the website. We have all the episodes, details of all the different bits and bobs. We spread our time across and links to the, all the other platforms we're on, a breakdown of all the rewards you get as a Patreon. And over to you, Mike. <laughs> well, I think it's time to move on to this week's news. Tell us the people want to know. Okay, so we have a lot to get through this week. There's a lot of news. Um, So what we're going to do is we're not going to spend a lot of time on each uh, story, just so we try and get as much in as we can, unless there's something, of course, that you really have to uh, spend some extra time on, which is fine. Uh, As well as that, we'll uh, be having our usual turbo mode, where we'll fly through some stories, and then we've got some rumours, and, of course, the quiz later on. So, starting off with Curve Digital and Triangle Studios, they've announced From Space for the Nintendo Switch. It's a co-op action shooter set in neon post-apocalyptic world, and it's coming out in the autumn of 2020. Uh, Alistair, what was your take on the, the trailer and the gameplay we've seen so far? You know what? I shouldn't like this. It just looks like, in theory, it should be really, really boring. Another carbon copy run around shoot things. But actually, no, I'm kind of digging with this. I'm, I'm digging the Stranger Things kind of electronic keyboard music going in the background. I'm loving the co-op element of it. And there's something incredibly appealing about the visuals. They're just sucking me in and making me want to play this. It's got that kind of cutesy element of the remake of uh, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. It's kind of got that kind of visual aesthetic, but in a top-down shooter where you're blasting pink enemies into blobs of pink goo uh, and I think this could be great fun I'm actually quite excited about it what about you Anton? Um, I'm not quite as excited as yourself but I don't hate it this kind of reminds me of Mighty Goose where it's just a really solid game and an established genre it looks really fun and I know if I played it I would have tons of fun as I eventually did with Mighty Goose but on the surface, it lacks a little bit of a hook to be like, I need that day one. So I'm hoping to pick this one up in a sale or maybe try it on Game Pass one day. Yeah, I've got a feeling that if I played this, I would really, really enjoy it because I like the over-the-top aesthetic to it. And um, it reminds me a little bit of a kind of top-down destroy all humans as well. That's another one that it kind of gives me vibes of just with the chaoticness of it. And uh, yeah, I think this could be really good. Again... I sort of sit in between Anton and Al on this one, I think. I think I definitely am more interested in this 
than Anton, but I might wait for a sale, I think. But the co-op might hook me. That's the bit. When it says grab a buddy in the trailer, I'm like, okay, now I'm maybe more interested because that is the kind of thing that uh, that both Al and I would probably like to do. So uh, we're keeping an eye on that one. It is coming out in the autumn, so not too long to wait. Uh, Etienne Trudeau have announced Paradise March for the Nintendo Switch. It's a first-person bug and frog collector with no date yet. Anton, will you be collecting bugs and frogs? Um, yeah, this is a. I, I, f- I think this is quite a charming title. It's you know, it's in the same sort of bracket for me as uh, a short hike of just chill, cutesy game that's not too serious. And uh, how very timely! I was watching the uh, Wholesome Direct recently, which was showing off a lot of the games that are coming mainly to PC early access. I presume most of them will make the way to the Switch eventually, and we'll cover them on the podcast. And yeah, frogs are in, baby. If you've got a frog in your game, oh, you're going to print so much wholesome money. And uh, here we are with uh, Paradise March coming out eventually at some point on Switch, Al. Yeah, I, I'm i not digging this one in the slightest. And actually, you know what? The only reason I'm not digging it is the, the aesthetic. I really dislike the visuals of this game. It's The simplicity of it is almost too overly simple. And I don't know if it's because... Of my colour blindness? I don't know if that's a, 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 an element of it, but the whole thing just looks flat and boring and not appealing at all. And I feel really bad because I'm sure that um, Etienne Trudeau has worked really, really hard on this. And I'm sure it's a wonderful, beautiful, calming game that will just satisfy people around the globe. But I'm just looking at it going, I don't like the look of that. Nope. 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 It's just turned me off straight away. Although having said that, the premise of wandering and catching bugs and frogs and just you know catching nature and making little notes is quite a calming a nice one i can see my my son probably enjoys that in real life he might well enjoy this in a digital format but not for me where do you stand mike i actually quite like the art style weirdly and and probably if anything anything that's the bit that would get me hooked i i like the um sort of hand-drawn, hand-painted kind of vibe to it and I like the fact that it is first person, that's kind of fun. I do worry that maybe there's not enough to do. Uh, That would be my concern, that it's not populated enough with things to do and it becomes too relaxing which is not always good um but yeah i i kind of go the other way i, I think i'm quite interested in this one I cer- certainly if we get a demo i'll be keen to check that out anyway but uh there's no date at the moment and it certainly seems to be one that's divisive so we, we've all had slightly different opinions which is uh, which is always good uh, next up so Des- uh, sodesco and cozy b games have announced lemon cake for the nintendo switch it's a cafe life sim it's coming out in september 2022 so later this year will you be having a slice of lemon cake in your cafe al or will you be passing on this one? Oh, aren't i mr negative nelly today and you yeah this one's making me go no just no although i'm going to caveat that by saying that in my past existence when i was much younger and playing sort of you know like the sims for the first time i can see i might have had an interest in this game you're basically you're starting a cafe from scratch and you build your bakery and you bake your bread and you take it out to the customers, repeat. I'm sure there's more to it than that. But from what I've seen in the trailer, it just is not engaging me in the slightest. It's got the same kind of calming music that we've just been talking about and it does look like it'd be a fairly nice experience that I suspect probably ramps up as it gets more and more frantic towards the end, I assume. But it's leaving me, unlike a nice warm loaf of bread, very, very cold. Anton? 
I'm, I'm actually going to agree for you with you for the first time this podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm not <laughs> not vibing with um, Lemon Cake, and this was another wholesome games um, unveil, and seemingly got a little bit of praise from that space. But for me, it looks a little bit like a mobile title, and I think for a game where it's meant to be so, you know, tactile and tasty. Having it look not the greatest is not the tasty experience I would want from my baking simulator, Mike. Weirdly, um, I mean, no, I like a lemon cake, to be honest. I quite <laughs> like lemon cakes, but um, weirdly, uh, I'm not, it's not one that I'll, uh, I'll, or me, no, I will be uh, purchasing. But I, there's a lot of praise for this game. I mean, it, it's well reviewed. It's uh, on, on Steam. It's 9 out of 10, 94% love it. Of users, there's people calling for it to come to the Switch, um, and of course now it's been announced, and it has a big following. Weirdly, but yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'm not. It doesn't grab me, uh, but maybe we're just the completely wrong audience in this case. But uh, it's coming out anyway in September, so if you want to check it out, you can do that. Playism and FYQD Studio have announced Bright Memory Infinite. Uh, for the Nintendo Switch, it's a fast-paced action shooter running natively and supporting Gyro. No dates so far. Anton, will you be brightening your Switch with this game? Oh, um, this is an interesting one because I think it looks real fun. It is crazy over the top. The particle effects um, are just nonsense. If they hadn't announced that it was running natively, I would have presumed a cloud version here. So I'm very excited to see what product we end up getting running on Nintendo Switch. Um, I'm very cautious of that product because it is a stunning looking first person shooter, um, but cautious nonetheless, Al. Do you think it'll make the, the leap okay? Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you with my caution. It does look so good that you kind of think, well, how have they got it running natively? And the developers did say they took extra time to optimise the game and it's ended up feeling like a miracle that it's running all these platforms. They seem like they're very proud of the job they've done and they managed to get this game working the way they want. So if the developers are sort of saying that, then you hope that that's backed up in reality, that they have actually managed to port this game over and make it run in a really good way. I would say the game itself does look quite good. When you watch the trailer, it, it's got all the right atmosphere, it's making all the right noises... I mean, personally, I'm not a big fan of first-person shooters slash slashers. I mean, you've got run, you run, you've got your guns, you've got your swords. Good combination, but I, for whatever reason, I've always preferred that in a third-person view. But I know a lot of people like first-person, and I hope that this does well, because it does look the bee's knees. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it looks really good. I think, am I right in saying that the bright, bright memory, the original version, was on mobile? Because that would make more sense then if that was the case. No, I don't think so. I think it was PC, wasn't it? Um, yeah, no, bright yeah. memory does, it was Android and iOS, I've just checked. Right. So, so there was a, a version of it, and it doesn't look like the new one. Um, but they maybe got some experience in trying to um, make sure that their games run on a portable system, albeit a, a phone. So uh, I think there might be something in that. And um, if it looks anything like the trailer, which obviously the, the trailer is not um, Switch footage, 
it will be incredible. And I really do hope that it does, um, because I think a lot of people want to pick this up. But um, yeah, I, I'm kind of got the caution on this as well, to be honest. I'm just not sure it's going to be quite as good as it looks. But hey, if it is, I'll be happy to be proved wrong. Uh, Jackbox Games have formally announced the Jackbox Party Starter for the Nintendo Switch. It features Quiplash 3, Trivia Murder Party 2 and TKO coming out on the 30th of June. 2022 I'll uh, it's not long to go until this one's out of course we've played all these games and, and we love them so we don't have to say how good they are the starter pack it's an interesting proposition I guess or a party starter I guess it, it is some of the best games definitely but there are a couple of ones that are missing for what I would call the ultimate Jackbox party game yeah but they're not really pegging this as the ultimate really are they they're par- pegging this as a okay so we know they've got all these tons of games out there you just want to go and buy your first one here's all the best bits go and buy this this is basically marketing it at the people who haven't bought Jackbox before we've played at people's houses and gone they re-enjoyed that one re-enjoyed that one and it's quite a nifty little way of of introducing people to it it's not full price it's what $19.99 which I'm guessing is a region of about £15-£16 something like that so it's it's not a million miles off the price of the normal ones to be fair Uh, I don't know if uh, anyone actually has a UK price for it have you guys seen a UK price? Not yet. Just twenty dollars is all I've seen. Yeah. So I mean, it's not cheap, and you've only got three games in it, but they are three corkers. So, don't know. I I can see that if you're going to buy one for your first one, this is a good one to buy. But if you already got them, don't bother wasting your money. You've got the games already. Yeah, I think this is a, a really good collection in the sense of everybody that I've known to get into Jackbox, they don't start with the new collections because they don't know any of the games in the new collections. They always go for like one of the first three, maybe four. And now that those are getting a little bit long in the tooth, having this collection where it's at least two games you might recognise, the newer versions of those versions, and TKKO, which is also a really good one. I wasn't expecting to see that one in there. A bit of a a slightly newer, but very well-regarded one. I think they've picked a good selection here. Would have loved a fourth, but... I'm on the fence. I might pick this one up. It's. Uh, I would like to get my hands on Quiplash Tree at one point. Yeah. Um, I think for me, my biggest issue with it is that I think if we're going to do a collection like this, I I personally feel it should have been bigger. That's that's my thing. I, think, I feel that they should have had more games um, because there are others that could have been added to this list as a party starter. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's definitely a, a good way to start if you've not got the games or if you want a different version of one you've played, like Trivia Murder Party 2, then, yeah, might be the way to go. Uh, Happy Juice Games have announced Lost in Play for the Nintendo Switch. It's a cartoon puzzle adventure. It's coming out on the 10th of August. It's uh, going to be £15.49. Um, I'm going to start off with this one. I love this art style. I just think this is looks awesome. I think they've done a really, really good job of this. Um, at £15, I think that's sounds pretty good for a starting point i might wait for a sale but i do think that this looks really good and um yeah i'm i'm for this one it's got a very kind of cartoon style but there's a lot of um kind of animation and, and funny cut scenes and it reminds me of a lot of the kind of um cartoon network or, or maybe some not quite adult swim it's not quite a series so that's much more kind of cartoony looking but it's well done uh Al, what's your take Kind of a similar mindset, to be honest. You're right. It's very kind of uh, Nickelodeon type 
uh, mm-hmm. animation that it, it feels very familiar very comfortable and it certainly brings back after school cartoons saturday morning cartoon vibes to me and i quite like the fact that this is a point and click where they have no dialogue and no text so they've been quite smart when they developed the game they went well you know what it's going to cost us a lot of money to regionalize this let's just make it you don't need to we can put it out anywhere and then we'll market it saying that we made it accessible to everybody but in doing so it genuinely is accessible to everybody you don't need to read anything which is genius and actually i can't wait to try and work your way through a point and click that has no dialogue it's literally all given to you through animations and images and sort of symbols and that could either work really really well or will leave you hopelessly lost confused and not having a clue what to do and resorting to the internet to find out how someone managed to figure their way through it before but i have to say i'm quite optimistic about this one do you have the same feelings anton yeah i do love my ikea manuals with no words in it so this is my sort of point and click adventure and overall i'm very impressed because i've seen a lot of titles go for this sort of art cell but just miss the mark um and it just doesn't land or it looks slightly flash like this game sticks the landing and it does it very nicely it is a sharp looking title and it seems quite humorous and charming i'm very impressed by it especially for 15 pounds yeah the art style reminds me a bit of the jenny leclue game which i raved about and was really good and uh that is great because more of that please uh, next up, we have a game from Toxic Games. It's uh, Cube 10th Anniversary, but it's Q.U.B.E. Switch. First person puzzler, uh, no date as yet. I have never actually played this game, but on watching... In fact, I knew very little about it. I'd seen it about, but never played it. And uh, on watching sort of some gameplay this week, I must say it's totally up my street. It's kind of got that Portal vibe about it. But um, Anton, have you played this one? Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The way, the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. Um, I haven't. I believe I watched a Let's Play a real long time ago, and the original was slightly like uh, a poor man's portal. And I think that, for many people, turned them off because... One, you know, the graphical fidelity of Portal was kind of minimalist in its own sense. So now seeing this kind of cult classic put into a slightly more glossy package is very delightful. It includes all the content of the director's cut of the original Cube. And it's coming to Nintendo Switch. I'm very delighted for this one and might pick it up because I have been missing some first person puzzling. Yeah, you're, I, I kind of agree with you. I've never played it either. Which is a shocking mission that none of us have played the original Cube. But it does look glorious. They've rebuilt it in Unreal Engine 4 this time, and it's been basically remade from the ground up. 
Same game, but just whole new engine. And it does look pretty darn glorious, I have to say. And the puzzles from what I've seen do look like they were really good. This new one's got a hold of extra content in it. Well, I think they say it's somewhere between four and six hours of extra content at the end. So it's a fairly beefy 10th anniversary edition, and I think that's pretty cool. I would love to hear what patrons and general listeners got to think We've got to say about it. I mean, if you've played this game in the past and you think we all should need to go out and play it, please let us know. Podcast at nsukp.co.uk. Nice, nice link there. Um, yeah, I uh, definitely interested in this one. And, and I guess I was too busy playing Portal back in the day, but um, it does, it looks good. Uh, Atari have announced Atari Mania for the Nintendo Switch. It's a new uh, micro game compilation about saving the past, featuring 150 games. It's coming out in the summer. It's a real weird one, this one, because it's based on a lot of classics from the 70s and 80s and it's the 50th anniversary this month of Atari uh, so I can see where they're coming from and you do get to playable versions of some classics like Pong and Asteroids and Centipede and there's all sorts of easter eggs in there but it's not the original games it's not like it, it's mini games it's like WarioWare almost and I kind of like this I it's weird I don't I can't decide the problem's going to be and this is my prediction is it's great for people who liked those games in the 80s for a bit of nostalgia because it's styled on them and it looks like them. I don't think anyone that is under the age of 30 is going to buy this um, when you could buy WarioWare for about 20 quid. Uh, Anton, you're under the age of 30. Um, yeah, I might be a little bit biased with my multiple Ataris in the room right now, but <laughs> overall, um, I'm very impressed by this title. The last couple of Atari games have been retro revivals that haven't, you know, other people have already revived similar sort of games. So this one, I feel like, leverages the Atari IP in a much more interesting way than they've done in the past. Uh, at least the trailer looks fairly exciting. I'm hoping the games are micro enough and don't bore you too quickly and they're able to stitch it together very well. I think it's all good and well if they can make a bunch of fun micro games but if it's really disconnected it's not going to be working. So I'm really hoping they can get those connective threads put together very well because on the PSP there used to be a game called Hot Pixel and that was very much these 8-bit micro games on the go and you would just do a couple of them and it was like a little caffeine shot of gaming and this feels like a spiritual successor to that title and I'd love it to work out unsure if it will Al Yeah, if the energy and the vibe of the trailer they put together is anything to go by then the game does look like it will be quite frantic and quite good fun and as you say, hopefully it'll short blasts of gaming goodness wedged in there and they do say it's kind of story driven, the whole basic premise of this is that you're trying to protect the Atari vault of games from a rogue pixel or something like that. I haven't quite figured out exactly what they mean. I'm sure all will come to light in good time. But it's going to come down to, is there a narrative that can string this together? And is it a good enough gaming experience between all these mini games to make you want to play it? You're, you've hit the nail on the head. But I think Mike is right. The games themselves, from what we've seen, do look so innovative and fun and just taking all these Atari IPs and mashing them together in these weird, wonderful ways that we've not really seen before is quite exciting. I it's think a cool prospect. That's what I like about it. I think what I like about it is that Atari have come out... I think you mentioned this, Anton, and I think you're absolutely right, that they've come out with something different. And I kind of applaud their bravery at doing that. It would have been so easy just to put together a collection of the original games and 
that people would have bought that for the Atari collection on on Switch. I'm sure that would have sold to a certain audience. But this opens it up slightly because if people start getting hooked on some of the mini games, which I could see, and then word kind of spreads that this is a great party game and this is a lot of fun. Graphics don't really come into it. You you can easily have a mini game with graphics from the eighties and it still plays really well, although it is slightly updated looking in terms of the animation. So, I think it could be a a, a possible if they've got the gameplay right. This could be a, a surprise hit this year. So I'm hoping it is, but um, yeah, we shall see. Do you think twenty dollars is a fair price for it? Because that's what they're asking. Yeah, for fifteen quid, twenty quid. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Anton, what's your thought? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, especially if you could get a physical for that price, I would be on board. Yeah, me too. I think physical would would push me to to go for it. Now, Square Enix have announced Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion for the Nintendo Switch. It's the remaster of Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII, which was the prequel to Final Fantasy VII, uh, featuring new models, voiceovers, and uh, music coming out in the winter this year. It's quite an interesting one, this Anton, isn't it? Because we had the remaster of... Final Fantasy 7 on other systems we didn't get that here but we got Final Fantasy 7 uh, like touched up slightly so a slightly better version than the original uh, but not that version but here we are getting a remaster of the prequel yeah it was a very confusing time at the, the Square Enix conference where they were talking about as you say Final Fantasy 7 Remake they were talking about Final Fantasy Remake Interglade uh, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth Final Fantasy 7 Remake Part 3 um, Ever Crisis and then this one was within of that mix and to a, probably a PlayStation gamer in particular, this wouldn't have really been the one you write home about. However, looking at this as a Nintendo Switch gamer, this does not look like a PSP game. It is a properly cleaned up port of it. I think especially the model work that they've done has really brought it up to date. I was not expecting something to this quality when I heard you know, was looking for the news and finding the Final Fantasy game nobody's chatting about this week. It's a very well put together package and I remember enjoying the PSP game. I remember it was a little bit cheesy. It was very much like fan service over the top and it was anime boys with really, really, really long swords in a slightly moody city. But it was well done. <laughs> See, I don't have any fond memories of this one. I, I, I don't even think I actually knew it existed. I had a PSP briefly but I never really played it. It was one of these things I sort of picked up in the spur of the moment went, eh, sat in a drawer for a year and eventually probably sold on again. So I feel like I missed a whole lot of really good games on that console. So I kind of think this is quite nice that we're actually getting this one on the Switch. And as you say, it's not the one that everyone's talking about, kind of flying under the radar, but from the Switch point of view, it's quite a substantial release and I'm quite chuffed about that. Are you excited, Mike? Did you play this originally? No, I I knew very little about it. My brother probably did. He was very into Final Fantasy and every incarnation and had a PSP so I suspect he played through it but no I agree with Anton and I think they've done a really good job in making this feel modern and the PSP had some really great games on it and what's good about this is that it's a game that handheld players may have played before or may have wanted to play but now they're getting an opportunity on an updated version and on an updated console as well so you know i think this is a really good one i'm I'm interested to see how well it does it's not for me we've got a lot of final fantasy games on the switch which is fantastic and yeah the more the better 
Okay, free to play title Overwatch 2, which is was part of the news last week we mentioned this is going to be free to play uh, gets a new trailer and the release date is October 2022 so October we can play it uh, it is going to have a slightly different um, season pass rather than the loot boxes though Al it is yeah that's going to seem to be every headline I've seen this week has been talking about it's the only gaming news that keeps being thrown at me by all my various news feeds is Overwatch ditching loot boxes it's like okay well Overwatch 2 I should say all right, sure, okay, free-to-play is kind of fun. It basically just puts it head-to-head with Fortnite and all these other free-to-play games out there. And I imagine, I mean, it's from Blizzard. It's a big game. The first one was a big game. I'm just intrigued to see how well it does now in the era of Fortnite because Fortnite has become so dominant, but they're very different games. So hopefully it does quite well, Anton. Indeed, it is... Interesting to see, I think, in a general gaming sense, uh, you know, Overwatch was one of the games that really popularised loot boxes. It was definitely far from the one that invented it, but I remember it was the one where everybody was like, oh, they've got this semi-gambling mechanic in a £40 title. And I think that being killed off here especially as it has been even more successful within of the mobile space, um, is a nice move. I'm kind of glad to see it because it it would be a little bit more sinister in a non-free-to-play title, um, in a free-to-play title than in a paid title. I'm excited to see this game. I think having tried the trails on the Switch, that has been my the ways that I've played it. And, it, you know, I kind of stopped playing it and I was like, this feels like a couple other free-to-plays I played on the Switch and Call of Duty and Halos and then I think Battlefield's going free-to-play at some point. I think we're learning that for the real competitive titles, having it with a fixed price and then having to carry microtransactions to keep the game alive isn't the sustainable business model. And I think Blizzard, with all of their other free-to-play titles, knows that better than anyone. Of course, we have Paladins on the Switch as a free-to-play, or you can upgrade and, and get all the characters, and there's season passes and all sorts. And it works well, because it's, it gives accessibility to everybody, and those that want to, to play more can do that if they choose. And I actually think Rocket League changed a lot, you know? I think when Rocket League really kind of... Uh, and that's been on the go since 2015 now, which is insane to think. But um, that really, when when they realised that that people, you know, y- you could do it that way with Rocket League and it was hugely popular, I think that really helped sort of show the potential. But then, of course, we have lots of sh- shooters that have done similar things over the years. And I think it's the way that people play. I think it's just changed. And I think this is just a reaction to going, well, actually, if there's all these shooters available and they're free to play, why why are people going to invest in Overwatch 2, particularly on the Nintendo Switch when you could get it on another console? So it kind of makes sense. But I think it's good. I think it's a good thing as long as the season pass is done in a way that it's... Um, that you can still access things in the normal way if you play enough. I think that's fine. But um, yeah, we have a lot of good free-to-plays. You could spend no money on the Switch and still be playing some really quality titles. We should probably do like a feature on that sometime, Al. That's not a bad shout. <laughs> write it down. Write We've it down. We've got one, have we? <laughs> um, I say that. I know I don't think we have, but we could certainly do an updated one. We've done so much content. I've lost track of what we've done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Capcom have announced a Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak demo and roadmap. The game will get free title updates in August and uh, winter as well. 
in, in 2023. So we're going to get some updates on this one. Uh, that's kind of cool. They're doing a demo. They've done this before with demos. Uh, the roadmap is cool as well. Not going to be playing it personally, but I think Monster Hunter fans will be happy, Anton. Indeed, it looks like the Sunbreak kind of iteration of the game, as well as being just big in of itself, will be a kind of big stepping stone for the core Monster Hunter Rise experience. Already quite an impressive game on Nintendo Switch with the scale of Monster Hunter World without much of the compromise. It's kind of amazing to see what Capcom's been able to pull off here in committing to doing a Monster Hunter game for this console bespoke for this console it's very remarkable and i'm glad to see them supporting it up to and possibly beyond 2023 looking at the roadmap yeah the roadmap is quite a nice touch isn't it it's not something we really get that often most of the time when developers drop dlc for games it's announced and it's dropped and that's it to actually tell you in advance by the way this is what we're going to do this is when we're going to do it is both brave of them because it means they've then got something they actually have to stick to, uh, and just a nice little homage to the or a nice little homage is the wrong word, but a nice little tip of the hat to the fans to say, okay, yeah, this is all coming, and kind of don't sell your copy, keep hold of it. There's more content coming. Um, I mean, I, I think I know one person in our Discord that played Monster Hunter Rise. I don't really know many people. It's not a big title in my circles. I don't know if anyone else feels otherwise. So I suspect they have a relatively small market and they will want to make sure that they keep playing the game. I, I think it looks incredible the game and I said that back at the time I thought this was a really oh, yeah. solid looking game. I saw it in Asda for 20 quid physical the other day and I was almost tempted to pick it up but then I thought I'm not going to play it <laughs> so <laughs> so it's probably pointless um, but Your house I, would end it with multiple holes in the walls where the controller went through <laughs> Very true, very true but it, 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 yeah it's a quality game so I think this is a sensible move to tell people that actually we're going to bring you some more stuff, we're going to let you have a shot of it as well, we're going to give you a demo um, and it's quite good I like it I like the way that they're kind of going about this but um, will it convert you Anton will it make you play some Monster Hunter I think uh, my my days of monster hunting have sadly passed me by uh, <laughs> I did give free a go and it was just not my jam yeah yeah it's not mine either at the moment but I, I, as I said I think it looks great 8-Bit uh, Do or 8-Bit Do we're going to go with Do today let's do the Do 8-Bit Do have announced the 8-Bit Do like to uh, it's coming out on the 15th of July 2022 for 29.99. but they've also announced the Light SE and a new controller designed for gamers with limited mobility we've seen a few of these in the past it's always great when we see them um but what are your thoughts on these anton will you be will it be enough to to go and buy them um it's very interesting seeing these two products uh coming out the light controller was quite a bizarre one it was designed to naturally go alongside the nintendo switch Lite. the original featured two d-pads and was like a small slate that you could easily fit into like a pocket of a bag and take anywhere and a lot of people you seemingly played them uh, with them on mobile and it was just this very very thin controller uh, square the light 2 iterates upon that by adding two joysticks and then stacking the triggers uh, so they're on top of each other like on the nintendo switch and it's kind of interesting seeing it where it's like oh it's not quite the light but it's not quite a normal controller so it's fixing some of the problems that were caused by the unique form factor of the normal light but it's kind of taken away from that form factor by making it less slippable into a pocket. The 
Light SE is interesting where it is a controller that has all of the buttons on the front, uh, including the triggers and the bumpers, and kind of has a, an interesting twin six-button layout. The idea is you can place it down on a table. It comes with a little sticky pad that you can kind of place on your table so it doesn't slip, and then you can kind of use it like a almost like a keyboard. Very interesting concept and seemingly will be great for accessibility, Al. Yeah, they released a lovely little video, actually, which, I mean, it was a really, really nice video that was talking about how the SE came about. It was kind of designed in conjunction with um, Oscar, a Swedish boy who suffers from, uh, I think it's a spinal muscular um, degenerative issue. Uh, So he he loved playing video games. He struggled to press triggers before. He had issues. So they designed this one kind of with him in mind. And then that opens up a whole other... uh, area for, for of gaming for people around the world with various disabilities and it just puts all the triggers on the face so you can literally as you say lay it down you've got access to all the buttons and i think that's a wonderful innovation i think it's it's so sweet my my only gripe about that whole story is the fact when they did the video about it it's all sponsored and branded up by dhl which just feels just so just dhl get out of there you got nothing to do with the story go away <laughs> Well, I guess we don't know the terms of the deal. Maybe they're there to help. It was a lovely good news story. And the fact that DHL was wedged in there just kind of stood out like a sore thumb. Ruined it. But the, the light, the uh, Abido Light 2 controller does have some merit, I guess. It's very, very small. It's very, very light. So it is still highly portable. You're right. You just can't slip it into a really thin space like you could because it's got the sticks on it now. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're there, and if you are a controller nut, and I know a lot of people are, then you might want to check them out. Reggie has suggested that Nintendo should leverage more N64, GameCube, and Wii content moving forward. I absolutely agree with Reggie, because it kind of makes sense. We've already said, how many times have I said, oh, the Switch is one of the best retro gaming experiences out there? And I agree with that. I agree with that. I said it, so obviously I agree with it. I stand by that, is what I was going to say. And this makes complete sense, Al. No, Reggie's wrong. We don't want more GameCube games or Wii games. Don't even give us N64 games. Well, all we want is more SNES and SNES and NES and SNES. That's it. He's wrong. I just want NES. No more. <laughs> Nothing else. Um, it's a I- no-brainer, of course. That that's. I mean, I'm glad that he said it, but I don't think it's going to make any difference. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yep. there's there's a few people in the world that could say something and people might actually listen. And re- listen, and Reggie's probably one of them, Anton. <laughs> it's Nintendo. They've already got their plans laid out for the next 10 years. They know what they're doing. doesn't matter what Reggie says. If they haven't scraped in the Super Nintendo barrel and get a Super Noah's Arc 3D on the Switch, I, I don't want to see none of this nonsense. Wasn't but- that a game in The Simpsons? <laughs> Oh, no, that was a, a real f- game that um, had a pass-through cart on the top of it. It's That's right, yeah. One. I'm sure there was... I think we even used that in the quiz recently. Yeah, I think you might <laughs> yes. be right. right. Oh, that's probably where... It... It's great that I compare the quiz to The Simpsons, but there we are. Uh, that is it for our <laughs> final... Um... That's it for our final story in the news, but it is now time for Turbo Mode. You what? Okay, and we are going to fly through these because... There's a few of them, but I want you to tell me the ones that you want to sort of chat a bit more about. I have a feeling there's going to be a few of them, but we'll just go through them anyway. So here's the stories in Turbo Mode. Renders from a cancelled 3D SNES Kirby game have been discovered. The head of Sonic Team Takashi Izuka has said that they have zero plans to delay Sonic Frontiers and that fans don't understand the game. (laughs) If we were to review the game, he would give it 80 or 90 out of 100. Also, Sonic won't kiss any more humans in this one. I don't (laughs) think we'll be doing that again they said um uh, okay so 
help me out with the pronunciation. Rowlet joins Ditto, Gengar, and Snorlax in Salutane's sofa range. Did I get that right? Nailed it. Oh, yeah, yep. lovely. Um, I do. I do like the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Is that what that's from? Uh, Digimon Survive have a new English trailer. I'm assuming it was Pokemon. I'm shaking my head at you. Is it Pokemon? Grace. Um, so the Legend of Bumble, <laughs> great name, gets a release date of the 29th of June. Uh, Sonic Origins has got a new trailer and overview. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 has a new track release, The Weight of Life. I didn't write it, sadly. Creator of uh, Unpacking Witchbeam has shared the key art for their next game is hidden in the unpack in unpacking, which is kind of cool. So the game unpacking has uh, art from the new one, which beam, which is cool. Uh, limited run games have showcased the collector's edition of Tetris Effect Connected. Comes in a red Z-shaped Tetramino, and it features. But stop! You just said Z-shaped, Mike. I'm sorry. What country do you live in? <laughs> Look, limited run games are an American company. <laughs> So I am Are I am, you an American podcast? I am adapting to the local the way that it would be said in the trailer. Okay? Now you take yourself out to the trash or the garbage and be quiet. Uh the Z-shaped Tetramino. Um it features a tomato. No, it doesn't. It features a physical copy of Tetris Effect connected CD OST with 50 tracks on multiple discs. Digital download code for OST, three eye-catching pins, 32 postcards featuring artwork from the game, a frame for the postcards, and it costs just $99.99. At Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga has sold 5 million copies, and Lego have unveiled Super Mario Character Packs Series 5, including and featuring Nabbit, Purple Toad, Hammerbro, Waddlewing, Toadie, Baby Yoshi, a Red Yoshi, and the Blue Chai Guy. Alistair. All right. Okay, I will pick out a couple of these. I'll do them pretty quickly. Uh, I've got to say that Bumbo does look awesome. It's the sequel or prequel sequel to The Binding of Isaac. I think it's a prequel off the top of my head. Prequel. Um, yeah, it is. So it, it looks kind of awesome. The trailer is hilarious. Go and watch the trailer if you've not already seen it. Um, the limited run games collector's edition Tetris Effect Connected. Just, dear gosh, that's a lot of crap frankly that you don't need but I'm sure people will spend a lot of money and go absolutely bananas for it because that's what people do Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga selling 5 million copies is not a surprise it has been universally praised as an amazing game and I'm really annoyed at myself that I've still not got it uh, and lastly I'm not going to complain about Lego Mario for once I mean I quite like these little character packs they put out mostly because I didn't get to know the names of these random characters that I never know what they're called. They're just characters in the Mario games. I mean, I had no idea what Waddle Wing was. I do now. It's kind of cool. Anton, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I reiterate everything that Alistair said. Bumble, cool. Um, uh, Tetris, Connectress, dumb. And Mario, pretty neat. Uh, overall, uh, I am loving just watching the Sonic Frontiers thing. Uh, just... It's not looking good over there. <laughs> I'm really intrigued. Imagine if it comes out and everyone's like, wow, this this is I actually amazing. <laughs> you know, the Sonic games are ones that I buy every single time, regardless of they're good or bad. Like, there's a lot of franchises. I'm like, I'll buy every Grand Theft Auto because I know every Grand Theft Auto will be good. I never know of Sonic Frontiers. It's just, Sonic Frontiers just sort of happens to me. Um, so, or Sonic games just sort of happen to me. So I'm scared to see what happens but overall um looks like a bizarre situation i've just seen a, a fair few excerpts from it um it looks odd you know this um 
you know, this was the team that birthed the creator of Balan Wonderland, so who knows what we're up to. Uh, Digimon Survive looks really polished and clean, so don't believe it's coming out. And how about yourself, Mike? <laughs> um, yes, just to reiterate, I think Sonic Origins looks pretty a pr- pretty tidy collection, but I certainly wouldn't be paying full price. I'm hoping it's priced well. I haven't seen what it's going to be priced at, but um, I'm worried because it feels like we should have at least another 20 games in there, but We'll see. I I, I'm, I think they look like they've done a good job with them, but I don't know. I'm not sure yet. So money is the is the key to that one. Uh, I, like you, Anton, I think I have every Mega Drive Sonic game and I've had many Sonic games over the years, but certainly the Mega Drive ones, I still have them all. And Sonic Frontiers is just a weird situation. I just can't quite get my head around what's going to happen. I've just got this weird feeling that it's going to get reviewed really well and everyone's going to be like, that's great. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think it will because... Yeah, I've seen it. So, And the other thing I was going to say was uh, the Skywalker Saga. Um, I picked up my copy this week on the Switch, so I'm very excited to co-op mode that one because uh, my wife and I and I had um, many, many Lego games over the years, but particularly uh, the, the Lego Star Wars games. So I'm very excited to jump back into that in co-op. So, yeah. How many decades, Jurig? My life is going to be a thing for. And there's a whole generation that get it. There's going to be coming up behind a very... I think we're in the next generation that don't get yeah, it. Anton's looking don't black. Get it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I got it because I watched the second one. Oh, oh cool, uh, cool, cool. I, yeah. I'm like Gen 2, my wife. Yeah. Hey, the second one is, is a very entertaining movie. Uh, as is just the first. need it to be a trilogy. Yeah. And then um, we're covered. And then the next generation. And then we can make a Lego game of it. Absolutely. <laughs> I imagine that one. That would be something else. Okay. Uh, did we go through them all? Yeah, we did. Okay. Uh, so we've got Nobody enough. Nobody actually touched on the Kirby game. I may as well just briefly mention this. I love this. So there was a cancelled SNES game called Kid Kirby, which is basically supposed to be Kirby as a kid, along with, uh, well, not King Diddy, it's what Prince Diddy or whatever his name was in, the, mm. in that version. Uh, it was being designed by DMA Design, who are now Rockstar North, by the way. Makes sofas. And the- yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Sorry. Carry on. <laughs> I just think that's so cool that there was this game that disappeared that never never was uh, as being put, an archive's been put together by one guy who's been out sort of interviewing folk and pulling together all the information they can find on this non-existent game. I just love that. Yeah, I, I did see this and actually I agree. I think it does look... Um, it's a really nice piece of history that we didn't get. But um, yeah, it looks really cool. I think it would have been a great game, actually, to be honest. But... Um, Never mind, we won't be getting it anytime soon. Uh, with that, it's time for the rumours. Now, I'm not normally one for gossip, but... Now, there's one rumour that I'm excited about, but we've been here before and we've been burned, but we'll come on to that in a minute. Uh, Emily Rogers has shared that there's a new Fire Emblem game coming very soon, not a remake, brand new story. Uh, there's someone in our... Uh, Patreon right now absolutely losing their mind uh, collaboration between Intelligent Systems Koei Tecmo and Gust which are a division of Koei Tecmo Holdings uh, Gust heavily assisted with the visuals and graphics the graphics are an improvement over Three Houses originally intended as an anniversary game to celebrate the 30th anniversary which we had recently uh, the game's been finished for over a year the main characters uh, the main lord has strange red and blue hair his mother's a dragon and new emblems gimmicks Allow player to summon uh, Fire Emblem characters from the past for your squad. Um, I mean, I don't play Fire Emblem. I've played a little bit of Three ha- Houses. I've got the hiccups, and um, it was. <laughs> I you're suffering from gastric distress there. <laughs> no, yes, yeah, it's, it's just yeah, absolutely. Um, but yes, that I liked what I played of it. I just, I'd have to sink a lot of energy and time into it. Um, but having said that. Um, there's going to be a lot of people very excited about this rumor. But how much do we believe it, Anton? Um, overall, 
I, I trust Emily Rogers. Um, whenever she's leaked stuff in the past, I every time I remember it, it has came out true. Um, there's some stuff kind of still looking a little bit off in the distance uh, that are claims, but you know she was the driving force behind the 3D All Stars leaks. So I'm pretty optimistic here, um, especially when we get onto our second rumor of the week. But I'm excited to see what Gus uh, Gus influence is on this title because Fire Emblem as a game within the Nintendo sphere has always been like that one friend that you kind of just like you're really rooting for them in their career because you're kind of seeing them grow and you know Fire Emblem has went from this really niche kind of primarily Japanese focused RPG to being one of the best games on Nintendo 3DS to then becoming one of the best games on Nintendo home console it has grown substantially in the past decade alone with collaborations with Shimagansi Tensei. And I'm excited to see what the next leap forward for this franchise will be. And I think pulling together all of this talent shows a degree of ambition, which I'm excited to see from Nintendo. Well, there was also the leak screenshots and this was the second rumor that that you mentioned anton um that uh, happened recently and this leak has added people think some credibility to those leaked screenshots which were disregarded and sort of said not to be real but maybe they were um alistair what's your take I am inclined to agree with Anton, to be honest. I mean, uh, Emily Rogers, who is uh, officially the uh, relative of Steve Rogers, Captain America, um, Emily Rogers is uh, has got a lot of um, credibility. So I suspect that this is probably on the money. Yeah. I wonder how long it'll take before we get that uh, confirmed one way or t'other. It would make sense. I mean, it's now a couple of years since... Uh uh, three Houses, which was very well received. So yeah, that would make a lot of sense, I would think. Uh, okay, this is the one <laughs> that I'm Calm not getting yourself. my hopes up. Calm. World of Games have listed physical copies of Persona 5 um, Royal for the PS5, PS4, Xbox, and the Nintendo Switch featuring box artwork with a release date of 21st of October 2022. Deep breath, breathe in, A couple of things on this. This is Persona 5, not the collection that we've just had announced uh, which was 3, 4 and 5 I think or is this the same thing Anton? Um, It wasn't a collection so basically for some context recently Microsoft has announced that Persona 3 Portable Persona 4 Golden and Persona 5 Royale are coming to Xbox Not as a collection Um, but as separate games Not as a collection as individual titles So that that gets me thinking we talked about this briefly uh, either last week or on one of our Patreon episodes, but I remember us talking about this. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me that it would be Persona 5 first on the Switch. I think if there's any of them that's going to happen, for me, it would be Persona 3 and 4 Golden. 4 Golden would be, be my suggestion because they were portable and Persona 4 Golden was very portable. Um, Persona 5 should run. It runs uh, runs on a PS3, so it should be there. It should be on the Switch, no problem. But I'd, just, I'd be surprised if it's just this one. So maybe this is just a kind of leak and maybe we're getting all three. That's my hopes, Al. So my theory, following on from the Microsoft announcement of free, all free titles coming um, to Xbox and Game Pass, they also kind of shadow announced kind of on the Atlas blog that it would be coming to Steam as well. So currently they've got Persona 4 on Steam. So currently they're charging, I think, like between 11 and £15 pounds for that game. 
So not a lot. And that's a PS Vita game. The P- Persona 3 port, which we're getting on Xbox, is a PSP game. So I don't think they're going to be charging a lot for those two titles. So my expectations is that, one, these rumours are real because just it coincides with everything that's going on. We have some box art and it lines up with the recent announcements of them and also a PS5 port coming in the future. And I think on Nintendo Switch, we'll be getting three and four digitally for basically PC-like prices, if not under £20. And then Persona 5 Royale will be a full-price retail game. I just want them to hurry up and bring them out on Switch so that Mike can just calm down. <laughs> I mean, every episode we have a Persona 5 or some sort of Persona uh, rumour and Mike gets all excited and gets himself on a tiz and then he can't sleep and he's grumpy the next day. Just give us the game so that Mike can sleep well. Please. To be honest, the the reason is that I played Persona 4 Golden when I was in Orlando years ago and uh, it was the game that I played at night when people were sleeping and, and I just really loved it and, and it was something I'd never experienced. I'd never played... I hadn't played many JRPGs of any sort anyway, but to play this one was quite... what well, I was like, it was a bit of a kind of go from zero to a hundred, but it was it was great and I really liked it. And I'd love to play it in full on the Switch. I have it on the Vita, um, but I just, I'd rather play it on the Switch. So anyway, we'll see what happens. It may or may not be a thing. I think it might be this time. I think this is the one. This is the time. And if it's not... Then we'll be saying that again in January. Uh, it is time for the quiz. I have so many questions. I need to do a drum roll here. Or something like that. Okay. Because it's 7 7. <laughs> it is still tied. This could go either way. Oh, oh I'm excited. I've got chills. Mike, are yes. you going to do it this week? Um, I, I don't know because it's Anton. It's like. It's it's like Ted Lasso, you know the the show that uh, that you persuaded me to watch. And I finally watched season one. Um, it's like Ted Lasso when you know you've got the underdog and then you've got the favourites. That's all I'm saying. It's a David and Goliath situation. Is, I mean, that really much. is what we have here. Uh, see, I'm nervous because I I, I it was six six a little, a little bit ago, and I pulled myself from the jaws of being behind then so I feel you've not like been behind you against me you've not been behind I you. haven't so I think this is maybe the turning point in this episode oh, no well, pressure then well, let's find out first game a 1992 platformer technically 1993 in Europe and Australia Roller to the Rescue game. nope um, James Pond nope it was released on Game Boy Super Mario Bros 2 no um, uh, Castlevania Adventure no it sold over 10 million copies. It's a biggie. 1992. Yep. Game Boy. Kirby's Adventure. It's not Kirby's Adventure. And Super yes, Mario Boy, Land. And yes, 1992. Two. No. Close, but no. Uh, re-released in 2011 as a downloadable title for the Nintendo DS. Sorry, 3DS. Um. And by the way, for the record, Mike's answer was Super Mario Land. That's what he said. Super Mario, Mario Land, Land 2 2 6 uh, 10 golden coins uh, uh, No Not the 10 golden coins Mike You've not fully given me your answer yet <laughs> um, Super Mario Land 2 The golden coins Nope uh, While Our protagonist was away In another adventure An intruder Takes over the hero's <laughs> land Our protagonist must fight To regain control Of his land Keep going 
Super Mario Land uh, 2 and the six golden coins. Ding, 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 ding. Correct. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> you were so close out of the gates, Mike, but you didn't give me the right whole answer. Okay. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I can't give you that one. That was definitely Anton. Anton got the correct answer there. I said Super Mario so, Land 2. I mean, that surely was enough. <laughs> no, the title is Super Mario Land 2. Six golden coins. That is what I've written down on the screen. That is how pedantic I have to be at the moment. <laughs> okay. You were close, Mike. You were close, but you didn't give the right answer. I'm sorry. Right. <sighs> to be fair, I also didn't give it to Anton when he said the ten golden coins. Yeah, but I would have thought the game... But anyway, carry on. It's fine. You're you're, you're quiz. My quiz, my rules. <laughs> 2012 platformer. Um... Uh, what the heck's it called again? Mister Plosion. Nope, nope. Does not that. Uh, <laughs> Little Big Planet Two. Nope. It was released on the 3DS. Super Mario Bros. DS. Super. Super nope. Mario. That is not the answer, Mike. What did you send on? Super Mario 3D Land. No. As of March this year, it had sold 13.4 million copies. Super Mario, Mario 3D World. Bros. 2. Uh, Mike, no. Anton, what did you say? Super Mario Bros. Uh, new Super Mario Bros. 2. Mm, yeah, well, you put me in a pickle because that is the correct answer, but that is not the answer you gave me first time round. <laughs> you didn't have the new in there. Mmm. Mmm. I, I mean, I knew, I knew which game it was because I can see it and I have it, um, <laughs> but I couldn't remember what it was called. To be honest, Anton did say new, so you really should just give it to Anton. He did, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell you what, I'm going to give you half a point for that one, Anton. All right. That doesn't make any difference to me. It then. probably means you're going to win, but it means you don't get the full points for the win, and that makes me feel a bit better, which it makes no brings difference. us around to the final round. Brings us around to the final round, which admittedly... Anton's won, but still, what year, uh, and Anton, you're going to go first, what year did, what was the original release date of The Blob? Um, 1988. Did you Mike? say The Blob? I said The Blob. Ah, uh, 89. Well, you're closer. It's 2008 or something, right? It is 2008. Yeah. Bang on! Yeah, okay. <laughs> on the Wii. Yeah. Then I'll get two points for getting the exact year. I'm so tempted, but ha- oh, that, half that would be that would be I'll give you Give me half and then it goes no, to the No, because it wasn't you gave me eighty nine, that was your actual answer. Yeah, I gave you eighty nine because obviously, no, no, obviously I'm gonna go one above because I know it's like Anton's around two thousand and eight. So. You got one point to Anton's one and a half. This is so unfair. Do you not want me to ever take the lead? <laughs> I do, but you need to win it legitimately, buddy. But I said I got the first answer <laughs> and the second and the third. No, you didn't. You nearly oh. did, but you didn't actually give me the right answers. Subtitles are just nonsense. I'm sorry. <laughs> Who I was going to say who remembers? So, it's Violin. Anton 8, Mike 7. Okay. There you go. Well done, Scores Anton. Scores officially changed. Well done, Anton. I'm impressed. Uh, I feel dirty for that one. Nah, <laughs> nah, nah. To be fair, you, you did get the exact titles. I'll give you that. So, well done. And I am still uh, searching for that one day that I, I 
get a point ahead of you. But I'm happy. It's eight seven. I'm doing I'm doing great this year. And it's halfway through the year, so I cannot complain at all. So uh, no, I'm happy with that. Well done, Anton. Um, okay, that is about it for another episode. Thank you so much for sticking with us. As always, we really appreciate all your support. It does make a massive difference. Whether that's just listening to the show, whether that's subscribing, leaving a review or becoming one of our Patreons. And if you did want to do that, Anton, where should you go? Yeah, the best place to head would be nsukp.co.uk. We have all the details of the Patreon, our different shows that we do for the Patreons and various other rewards, the YouTube and all the videos that we've done over there. Now that I'm in a little bit more health, there shall be some new content coming. I've got a bunch of my editing piles, so there's some exciting stuff that I've seen in there. So stay tuned that's nintendo switch uk podcast on youtube twitter facebook everywhere basically including email podcast at nsukp dot no yeah yep. podcast at nsukp.co.uk that's the one beautiful yeah. alistair it'll wing its way to the inbox and i will endeavor to reply and i mean it's been a while since we've said but if you want to send us a smoke signal a pigeon a lassie a morse code or any other form of communication um, get in touch and we'll tell you how to do it yeah, lovely. Absolutely. And with that, we will see you soon. Goodbye. Cheerio. Arvah.